Till I'm Tiptoed You Dot com The podcast about pop culture Black history and spirituality Yeah It's about to be a great vibe Dr. Tip Gonna take it away Till I'm Tiptoed You Hey y'all, hey, it's your girl Tip. Thank you for joining me for another edition of Tell Them Tip Told You. First of all, I cannot go a single step further without giving special thanks to Dr. Yaba Blay. Yaba chose to share a video that may have brought many of you to me um, on her social media last week. And I am just incredibly thankful to Yaba for not just sharing my video, but for the work that she does for our people to make sure we still are in touch with our joy because you know, I believe that joy is our superpower and I'm just thankful for knowing her. She does so much work, seen and unseen, um, for our people that we owe her all her flowers while she's alive. And I'm just, I'm thankful to you, Yaba. I appreciate you, sis. Uh, so here is what I wanna talk about today. All right, so I want to um, talk a little bit about uh, the video and why I believe that you're here. And I want to talk about black women and our taking up space, what that means for us and for our people. And then I just want to give us uh, some, a sense of responsibility about some things. But don't leave before the end because I also have a plea to make with you. <laughs> so let's just jump right in. All right, so I was moved last week to record a video. Um, some of you know by now because you've been exploring my page and, and my writing and stuff like that, that I'm a dreamer and that spirit tends to communicate with me in my dreams. And the other night uh, I was awakened by a need to share with people how I maintain a sense of joy in the middle of all that's going on. And I woke up that morning and I went outside and I recorded the video that have brought that, you know, I, I, I still am just awe of how it's spread. But I'm also humbled um, by the sense of responsibility that I, I feel in regards to its spreading and for the work that I know it means that all of us must be doing. Um, let me tell you, so. I love music and I love the versus phenomenon and the Jill Scott Erica Badu one um, was one that really, really caused me to want to be more visible in my um, in my scholarship and more visible in my thinking. Um, I'll talk about this on another episode, but I think it's important for black intellectuals to want to be what black intellectuals were in the 19th century. I don't think we're, we're holding up our end of the bargain. Some of us are not holding up the end of our the end of our bargain. I can't talk. <laughs> um, and I think we, there's more work for black academics and intellectuals to do. But that's another story for another podcast. What I wanted to say was during that exchange, right, Jill Scott said something uh, along the effects of once God, the creator, spirit, universe, whatever you call it, um, once God gives you an idea or a mission, or a program, or a project, it no longer belongs to just you. And I was so convicted in that moment because I consider myself a writer, not necessarily because I think I write well, but because 
Um, that's how I process my ideas. And I know that some of my ideas are not Tiffany's. I know that they come from a place beyond Tiffany. Um, but I don't always share them because my imposter syndrome gets the best of me a lot. Um, but hearing uh, Jill say that really touched me and it has made me want to be um, not me want to be, but the message. Um, it makes me want to, to have the message more visible and more heard. And so when I woke up that morning feeling the need to share the message, I recorded it, not thinking, not knowing, not anticipating it, spreading the way it has. So I'm speaking to all of you because I know I'm not alone. There are some of us who have these visions and we have these ideas and we have these plans and projects and we're sitting on them because we've been afraid that people will judge them harshly. But let me testify that when you are doing the work that you were put here to do, all obstacles to that work will be removed from you. And so stop sitting on it. Don't let fear control you. Um, Don't think too deeply about it. If you've got something to say, say it. If you've got something to sing, sing it. If you've got something to write, write it. If you've got something to cook, cook it. Whatever it is, don't hold it. Because what I have learned from that video and from the messages, the many messages that you guys have sent, and I am so thankful for for each of them. I'm trying to respond to each of them. Um, But one of the things that I have found as a result of what's happened with that video is that many people are waiting for you. They're waiting for your message. They're waiting for your idea. They're waiting for your t-shirt line. They're waiting for your school. They're waiting for your project to launch. And we all benefit from you being brave enough to do it. So whatever you've been sitting on, let it out. Let it out. Let us enjoy it, but let it be used for the betterment of our community. We have a remarkable opportunity in this moment to make this world anew. Like we can imagine it in a whole different way than it is right now. We don't have to say, well, that's just the way it is. It's time out for that. We don't, we don't say that anymore. We are, well, what could it be? And a lot of you, your ideas are exactly what we need to make it what we want it to be. So don't hold it. Don't sit on it. Um, now, I'm approaching this as a black woman, right? And a lot of this episode today is going to be about black womanhood. I don't think it's just for us. I think it's important for all of us to have this conversation, but I'm centering black womanhood in this moment. At the same time, I am telling you a black woman, me, was moved by a black woman's uh, comments, Jill Scott, and has, through that has touched Um, a number of my sisters, it is not lost on me that at the same time this is happening, it's happening when so many of my sisters are hurting because we too often are not centered, not celebrated, not privileged in conversation or consideration. Like you... That video I recorded was about the the pain many of us feel as black women around the lack of indictments for Breonna Taylor's death, her lynching. Young sister was lynched. Right. 
Um, and we're pained by it being the lack of indictments was under the hand of, of someone skin folk, right? Someone who looks like us. Now we're not, hopefully we're not shocked by that because we know all my skin folk ain't my kin folk, but that doesn't help it hurt less. Right? The same day, y'all, the same day that Daniel Cameron made that announcement, Tory Lanez released his album after shooting our other little sister and basically made it a whole diss track to our other little sister. How the hell is that okay? How is that okay? It's not okay. Now, yesterday I published uh, an article on my website, um, com. <laughs> I published uh, a blog post about maroon mentality. I really want us to start thinking um, with this maroon mentality. And one of the things that maroons were, were, their life depended on it, the stability of their communities depended on rooting out people who would betray the community. Tory Lanez should have no place in our circles. He is dangerous. He has shown himself to be an enemy of the people and arrogant enough to describe himself as such. And on top of that, he has no regard. Even if he don't have regard for our little sister, he has no regard for the many black women who witnessed that kind of violence he, he inflicted upon her. That's unacceptable. If we are to build a new tomorrow, we have to learn to root out these people who have no place among us. They may look like us. He is no different than Daniel Cameron. So is it just like we making these jokes about Daniel Cameron and the, the memes and we've, you know, kicked him out of the, the skin. The, I'm sorry, the kinfolk group. We got to do that to, to people like Tory Lanez, too. Like they shouldn't skate off because they're not in a quote unquote political office of authority. In a lot of ways, he has more power than Daniel Cameron. And we cannot allow him and his behavior to minimize the pain he inflicted upon a black woman. There's no place for that in our tomorrow. Okay, I'm off that because I want to talk about love country. And it, I mean, it's on a related note. Let me let me go here. Right. First, let me say this about love, uh, Lovecraft country. I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. I think it's so much there. Y'all know I'm, a, I'm a, a bit of a history buff. So I love the little Easter eggs like the sister. I'm not going to do spoilers, but, you know, you should watch it. This, the sister. I am doing spoilers. Bump that. You should have watched it by now. The sister riding a motorcycle. There's a historical Easter egg there. I'll let you go Google that and figure out who she was. But um, there are so many things like that, little little bits and pieces throughout um, that make me excited for Misha Green's um, just her prowess, <laughs> her, her historical storytelling ability. Um, I think black folk are inherently storytellers, but some of us just take it to a whole nother level. And she is doing that with this project. I'm so excited by it. I, I That episode, so the I Am episode, uh, uh, after which this podcast episode is named, the I Am episode really made me 
continue to think through something that's been on my mind a lot, and that is Okoto's historical spiral cycle. So when I was in high school and, and middle school and elementary school, I hated history, right? It was boring, memorizing all these dates and freaking war wars and who these white dead people were. And, you know, I just, I didn't like it. But when I was, um, y'all know I'm a college dropout. So the second time I was in college uh, and I was working under my mentor in Wali Shuja, he introduced me to a framework called the historical spiral cycle. And the historical spiral cycle was a brand new way for me to think about history. On, on Instagram Friday, I'm, the holistic training on Friday will be on the historical spiral cycle because I feel like many of us need to, to understand that framework in this moment. But the spiral cycle reminds me that history and future are the same place, right? History and future are the same place. And one of our chief mistakes is in believing that our ancestors live in the past. No, babe, they march into the future ahead of us. And that episode of Lovecraft Country just gave me a visual for how this historical spiral cycle operates. So I'm going to talk about that on Instagram Friday. But I wanted to say this, your future and your past are the same. And this is why I keep preaching to you to do the genealogical work. Because in the history are our clues for how to make our tomorrow better. And this week's Lovecraft Country episode really, really just moved me in that way to think about time differently. See, one of the chief ways that white supremacy operates is to divorce us from our natural. Um, I'm going to use a scholarly word, but I'll tell you what it means. It divorces us from our own indigenous, indigenous epistemologies. What I mean by that is our most natural ways of understanding and thinking about things, right? Western white supremacy. Oh, I almost invented a new term. Western supremacy. Is that a thing? But white supremacy, right? And Western supremacy, too. I got to think through that. Western supremacy and white supremacy, both um, they condition us to think and understand the world from their perspectives and not from our ancestral understandings of things, right? So that, that episode of Lovecraft Country really allowed me to use those visions that Hippolyta has um, to think through maroon mentality in a different way. So I'm still processing that. I'll probably be writing about that as I process it because I told you that's how I process information. But there's something there. It's it, Once we move away from this Western periodization of time, Western construct and Western understanding of linear time, I think we'll unlock some things within ourselves that allow us to imagine the world in a different way. So I'm thankful for the episode for that. So now let me just get to the heat of meat of what I wanted to say. First of all, first of all, y'all, I am the personification of I am that Hippolyta encounters. O-M-G. Ain't she beautiful? Just tall and just her skin was just, oh, and her hair, loud. she was beautiful. I am. And for her name to be I am, 
right? She introduced herself as I am. Listen, I am 46. I don't think it happened until this year that I am who I am, that I understand now better than ever before who I am. Just to name that character I am and to have Hippolyta have an experience in time and space that allows her to reach that same point, y'all. I had church watching that episode. I don't know about you, but I had church watching that episode. There is such a powerful thing there. It reminds me a lot of 47. It's one of my favorite um, young adult literature books by Walter Mosley. 47. If you haven't read it, especially if you have boys, please get them to read it. But you should read it too. 47 is remarkable. And I'm not going to give away that. I'm giving enough teasers on Lovecraft Country. But go read that book. You'll understand what I'm saying. There is a power in naming. In naming oneself. Right? There is a power in asserting one's identity when everybody else wants to define that identity for you. It's that episode last night. I watched it last night. I know it came out Sunday. Um, that episode was so powerful for me because I know how often my sisters and myself, we shrink without knowing. Like, I, I don't think Hipp- without that experience, I don't think Hippolyta would have realized how much she had given up of herself to have what she thought she wanted, right? She thought she wanted to be married and have the security um, of a relatively middle-class life in Chicago. You know, she thought she wanted this stuff, but in reality, she realizes, you know, through this journey, she realizes that, no, that's not really what I wanted. That's what someone else wanted for me. And I wonder how often we sit to think about what it is we really want. Like part of my life coaching program is because that's why it's called holistic success. We often, too often define success based on what other people want and need from and for us. And not often enough do we spend time unpacking what we want and need for ourselves. Right? Hippolyta thought she had everything she wanted. She didn't. She didn't. Some of us, um, I said this before, I'm going to say it again. Paul Lawrence Dunbar's We Wear the Mask. Some of us have worn that mask for so long that we actually think it's our own face. A lot of us have some internal work to do right now, especially in this moment, because we need all of you. I don't mean all of you as in the numbers of you. I'm talking to you individually. I need all of you to show up. For you, because when you show up as all of you for you, the collective benefits. But as long as you're censoring parts of yourself, we don't get to experience your full power and potential, sis. We need for you to move beyond what society says is acceptable for you. That's what's so powerful about last night's episode. I'll be watching again today. Oh my gosh, y'all. Some of us are shrinking without knowing you deserve to. I, it, it is purposeful that I am was the size that she was. Because she, she didn't shrink. She didn't shrink to make Hippolyta comfortable. She didn't, she didn't parse her words down to make Hippolyta comfortable. All right. 
and no more teasers. But I, I, well, this is this is a teaser. Let me say it too. I want you to pay attention that when Hippolyta makes the choice at the end of the episode, she says, "I have to go back because my daughter needs me." But pay attention that Hippolyta did not hesitate to um, to leave her daughter in the car while she explored some things. Right? It is not until she realizes that what her daughter needs is not the censored Hippolyta. What her daughter needs is full Hippolyta, fully autonomous over her identity and her behavior. Do you understand what I'm saying right now? She understood that's what she needed, that her daughter needed. I need for us to understand that's what our children need for us, from us. They need for us to show up completely as who we are because we got to teach them to do the same thing. If you haven't read Kenitra Brooks' um, analysis of this week's episode, please do that on the route because, oh my gosh, Kenitra hits all the scholarly points that I'm not hitting right now. But yes, I just want you to do it. I, I want you to be all of who you are. I've talked about this on the podcast before. Stop censoring yourself. Stop being the perfect you. The perfect you ain't you, babe, because ain't nobody perfect. Make the mistakes. When I went outside, when I watched that video back, now that it's taking root, I'm like, oh, my makeup looked a mess. And my hair was, oh, my God. And you can see my double chin. I got to lose weight. Right? But, but if I had done all that thinking prior to, it may not have reached the person that it needed to reach the most. Right? We can't seek perfection. Perfection is a distraction. And it's not real anyway. You got to be all of you. We need all of you. All the raggedy, sloppy, tired, hair undone, whatever that means. Um, need to lose two or three pounds. We need all of that because all of that is you. All of that is part of you. All of that. You are perfectly imperfect. We need the work anyway. We need you like you are. We need all of you like you are. All right, that's really all I wanted to talk about today. Now, let me beg a minute. So, if you visit www.porchwomen.com, you will see that I've got something cooking, right? I'm still teasing through it because this is a spirit project. It is not a Tiffany project. It is a spirit project. I'm completely clear on that. But spirit is ready for me to start having people on the podcast to talk about their experiences as black womanhood in this, as elements of black womanhood in the South. I can't even say it. Um, their lives as representation of black womanhood in the South. And so what I'm going to ask you to do is if you are willing to be on the podcast to be interviewed about black Southern life, aesthetic, magic, and the blues, that you send me an email to drtip at tellemtiptoldyou.com so that I can start on having you guys help me think through what it means to be black and woman in the South. Um, I know there's a lot of hoodoo elements that I really want to tease out of that. Some of you, um, I read this the other day. It's Sister Hess Love um, wrote about it the other day. And that is that a lot of us practice, families practice hoodoo and we don't know it. Like there are little things our family does. If I walked into your family home, like your, maybe your grandma's home, I might look around and be like, mm-hmm, 
You might not see it because you grew up around it and it's not explicitly discussed. But a lot of us have that in our families. And I want to just talk to y'all and see how many of us do. Um, And, you know, it's not closed off to that. If you don't, you know, that's fine, too, because there are other ways we're magical. All kind of ways we we walk and live in magic. And and I just want to help us explore them all. So I thank you for joining me for today's episode. Again, I hope I didn't put out too many spoilers. If you haven't seen the I Am episode, go watch it. And then here's your homework. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to leave you with a p- bit of homework. Who are you? In an earlier episode, somebody asked Ruby who she was uninterrupted. Who are you uninterrupted without boundary? Who are you? And then I also want you to write down, you know, you're not going to share this with me. You don't have to share it with nobody. This is you and your God. Or just you and yourself, however you roll, sis. Um, I also want you to ask yourself, what is your work? Like you sitting on something because you're human. You're sitting on something. What is your work? Who are you and what is your work? That's your homework for this week. All right, y'all. I thank you for joining me for another edition. I'm so excited to have you here and I look forward to talking to you. Join me on Instagram Friday. Let's talk about history. Take care, y'all. Bye.